there and welcome into another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Me and my brother Joel recap tonight's episode of Survivor, which I have not seen yet. It has not come on yet, but I wanted to hop on early before the episode and just let you guys know about some things going on. But mostly, I wanted to, to get some picks out there for this next week. I wanted to let you know how things have been going for me with the Titans. Um, as you know, the Titans are one and two. And if you had asked me a week ago, I would have told you there is no chance this team is going to be anything. And now I will tell you there's probably no chance this team is going to end up doing anything of note this season. However, I'm glad we won a game. It feels so good to win a game, and we had not felt that feeling in a while. And though our new cornerback that we picked up off somebody else's practice squad and started over our first-round pick from two years ago tried to give the game away on Sunday, we were able to win. Our second-half offense is a serious issue. The play calling has been dreadful in the second half. They're making a great running back look terrible with their blocking and with the play calling. We've got to do better. But hey, we're one and two. We're game out from first place in our division. It's all in front of us still. We just got to win our division games. We got two games against the Colts, the first one this Sunday, two games against the Jaguars, and two games against the Texans. We win all those games. Worst case scenario, we're seven and 10, which is probably not making the playoffs unless we somehow win our division, which we could if we win those division games. But that's six wins right there that are going to be huge. A division win is like winning two games because you're causing somebody else in your division to lose one. So that's what we need the Titans to do. Take care of business in their division games, win a couple games, probably three or four here and there. Next thing you know, we're in the playoffs. Anything can happen. I mean, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. All you got to do is go up against a week one seed like the Titans were last year Win that thing, one more game win, boom, Super Bowl. Not that hard. Not calling it. I'd be surprised if this team honestly made the playoffs at this point. I think the Jaguars look good. They actually scare me. That feels weird saying that the Jaguars scare me, but they do. So, yeah, that's my feelings about the Titans. I wanted to get in on a couple of bets this week with you all. But first, I wanted to tell you some teams that have been working for me this season. Number one, the Texans. They are a consistent cover because everyone thinks that they are going to get blown out or lose. And I keep putting them. I had them in a... So last week I did a four-team, six-point teaser and hit it, which isn't saying much. It was a six-point teaser, but it made me feel great because all I've been doing this football season is setting money on fire. But I was happy because... I hit a four-team, six-point teaser this last week. Let's look at some odds for this Sunday's games. Ravens, three-point underdogs at home against the Bills. I've been pretty impressed with the Ravens so far, and if the Bills had won last week, I'd, I'd like their chances more. But I don't see this Bills team losing two games in a row. Three points, that's kind of a toss-up. I'm, I think that's a stay away. Bills-Ravens, that's a stay away from me. Texans, though. Five-point dogs at home against the Chargers. The Chargers who got worked by the Jags last week. Do we really really think that we should be betting on the Chargers at this point? 
I mean, it's kind of crazy to me that like two weeks ago, this, this would not be a five point spread. Um, I'm intrigued by the Texans, but I'm not sure I want to go there. Okay. The Titans are three and a half point, three and a half point road favorites in Indy who they beat twice last year. This is going to be a really weird game. You guys, uh, I think it's ultimately going to come down to our offensive line. How is our offensive line going to hold up against the Colts front seven? If they can do that, I'm feeling great about the Titans even winning this game. I think our pass rush is going to get home against Matt Ryan, who cannot move. Uh, You know, we might have Dupree back in the mix. That could be big. And I don't think that our corners can fare as poorly as they did last week. The Colts definitely don't have the type of weapons on the outside that the Raiders had. And we've got really good interior defensive linemen. And we, we've struggled against the run this year. And I think that's mainly our, our linebackers. But I think as the season goes on, they're going to find ways to fill that uh, and, and, and address those issues that we're having. So I, and this should not be shocking to you, I am taking the Titans road underdogs three and a half points against the Colts because I don't think the Colts are very good you guys uh they beat a Kansas City team last week that looked frankly disheveled Patrick Mahomes griping at Eric Bieniemy before halftime that was a weird game that was a really weird game for the Chiefs I don't want to give the Colts all the credit for that and I I just I can't stand the Colts I really, really, really need the Titans to win this game. I'll be at a baby shower for the first hour of it. Uh, may or may not be hooking a TV up. If you, if you go to our church and you want to let me know whether you, you think we should uh, get the Titans game going at the shower this week, let me know. You know, Hey, uh, the Titans game on in here. Uh, you, know, you don't announce that. You just whisper it and people come in slowly. They check the score and they leave. You know, could be fun. So, yeah, I'm taking Titans plus three and a half road underdogs against the Colts this week. In other news, I'm eyeing Jaguars, six and a half point underdogs in Philly. Look, I know Philadelphia, they're, everybody's darling right now. They're, their odds for the Super Bowl have gotten better and better. But this Jags team looks legit. I don't think the Jags are going to win, but I think it's going to be a close game. I don't, I'm not buying the Eagles yet. Uh, they haven't played a lot of great teams. Um, yeah, they got dudes running. I, as I'm talking about it, I don't know why I would take the Jaguars in this game. I'm staying away from that one too. Man, week four, this gets hard, you guys. This gets hard. I want to pick, on, pick one more pick because I don't want to leave you guys hanging here. All right, well, here we go. Here we go. Broncos going to Vegas. Broncos are two and a half point underdogs in Vegas this weekend. Look, guys, this Raiders team, I know they're 0-3, but they've been in a lot of close games, and this Broncos team is not good. They are not good. Uh, the Titans are better than these guys. The Raiders, you could argue, should have beat the Titans on Sunday. I'm taking Raiders, returning home, playing the Broncos, two-and-a-half-point favorites, and I'm going to take them uh, to win by more than two-and-a-half this Sunday. 
Uh, so those are my two picks. Titans, three and a half point road dogs. And the Raiders, two and a half point home favorites. Those are my picks. I hope that you enjoy them. I hope that you're having a great week. My wife and I were able to get away to Chattanooga for a few days this week. It was really, really nice. Weather just chef's kiss good. But we're back now. It's football time, baby. It's survivor time, baby. So I'll pop off here. Joel and I will be back in about five seconds. I hope that you enjoyed my picks. I hope that you watched tonight's Survivor episode so you can listen to us talk about it. All right. Take care. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode two of The Clingers Have Spoken of season 43 of Survivor. I'm Joel Klinger. Alongside of me, as always, is my brother, Michael, and we just watched episode two of season 43. Michael, what'd you think about uh, spoilers? Three, two, one. Justine, going home. I mean, I was happy with it. She hasn't done anything that made me want to stick around, want her to stick around. Um, You know, I mean... so I'm pretty sure last week I said she was going home pre-merge. Is that correct? Uh, In our predictions. You you wrote those down. Yes, 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 you did. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Winner. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, she wasn't bringing anything to the table. She's freaking out about spiders. The way that <laughs> she came after Jesse, like, can I trust you, was really weird. Um, so yeah, not yeah, sad to see her go. A few missteps, you know, like Cody incepted the sales thing like pretty early and you saw Jesse like not trust her. That may have been for completely different reasons, but I feel like that's kind of like a little thing, a little nugget that Cody actually did do, which I thought was cool. Um, you know, this episode, I just, I just sped watch it, the whole thing. Um, so to recap that the, really the red tribe was really the only interesting part of this whole thing, right? Is there anything else we want to talk about that happened with the yellow tribe and Owen and Gabler and Sammy? Like they, um, they the boys really. said they were going to try to team up. How much do we believe that those three guys are going to stick together? At the, it seemed kind of like a throwaway, like. The girls were like, those guys, they're not strategic at all. And then it cut to them, like, just, like, goofing and, like, not talking strategy. And then when they were like, do you think that the girls are talking about us right now? They're like, they probably are because they're tight. But there's three of us and two of them. So, whatever. But I'm like, I don't feel like any of those three guys really means that. I think all three of them would work with those girls if they came to them. So I'm not really I'm not really buying that uh at all. I don't know I don't know why like I don't so the episode was named something curmudgeon which is the guy uh which is Owen. He he referenced himself as that uh friendly curmudgeon or something like that during the episode but he was like not he was like maybe like the eighth most important character in this episode. Like I didn't really get why he got the title character. Uh, that kind of threw me in the wrong direction, but yeah, it was weird. I'm not, uh, I'm not really 
digging that tribe. They're not that interesting to me. I want to know more about the blue tribe, um, but we got basically none of them tonight, so... Whatever. Yeah. Um, so they had their thing, and they're pretty out of the way. I don't think that's a very serious thing. The Blue Tribe, Ryan and Geo are, are teaming up and whatnot, uh, but that was obvious from before, right? Um, the, the challenge. Okay, question. So for the challenge, why did Noelle not participate? She is a Paralympian, and then they're going to get mad at NECA for performing worse. Like, can someone explain that math and logic to me? I don't know. I wish we could see what goes into those uh, into those decisions more. Like, because I would I would watch a five minute clip of if they showed like all the tribes making their decisions about who's doing what in the in the challenges. If you put that up on Paramount Plus, I would definitely watch that. I mean, I know they've got the footage because sometimes they show stuff. If, if something really significant happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, that could have been one where maybe NECA is saying, oh, I'm not sitting out. I got this. And then she actually gets in there and doesn't, does not have it. I mean, maybe she's got, yeah. maybe, maybe Noelle, like she's got some like water, like she, like she can't swim very well because her density's off or, yeah, or like her know. her leg is like water, not IP sixty seven proof. You know, like I don't know. Like it's uh, I don't I don't know. Like I guess yeah, I would love to see that conversation because it's interesting because sometimes in Survivor they show that conversation, but like anytime they show that conversation, it's like oh, this is like not going to go well. You know, <laughs> it's like warning, red 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 flag. Um, but yeah, I, I wish they'd show that too because I was curious about that. Um. But NECA, I mean, she did not she did not perform very well at all, period. I mean, to be fair, she performed as about as about as well as I could imagine one in her shoes would perform at that challenge. Correct? You know, it's uh she's what, in her forties and she's out there? Yeah, of course she's gonna be tired. She's not gonna like be able to lift much or wanna do much. Yeah, that makes sense, man. Um just that that logic for that decision is just off on me. I don't understand it. I don't know, but she was definitely not very helpful at any point in the challenge. And so I thought that, like, so when that happened, I said to Madeline, I was like, it's an hour and a half episode. They're just showing how NECA's messing this challenge up so that they can, like, go to tribal right after this and vote her out and not have to explain it, and then they can do a double boot episode. But that's not what happened. Yeah, that was incorrect. Um, pretty big time. Uh, so Jesse, again, was in a perfect spot, right? And you said, you said I think you had him making the finale. My or winner did you have pick. him winning? My winner pick. Yeah. And you really saw that this week. It's like, okay, he actually positioned him well and was actually thinking like most critically out of anyone in the group. Um, and... He gets with Dwight, and we'll see if they stick together after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, watching him navigate that was great. And then he was ready to go. Um, and Cody just, like, what are you doing, man? 
Like you're in a, you, you, we have watched, I think that same exact situation happened. Was it last season with, uh, Daniel and, uh, oh, what's her name? Chanel. Chanel. Yes. Chanel risked it on a night where it was a six person vote and she needed the vote and she couldn't vote. And it's like, oh my gosh, like literally roll the tape. Like this is a horrible decision. I mean, maybe he just didn't remember that he was going to lose a vote because it's a beware advantage. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you probably, you find it, and at first, he I don't think it registered. It was beware, and then he read the thing. But then by that point, you're already so excited to open it. You've been looking for it for, you know, maybe hours even. I mean, I can understand why he opened it. It's hard it's hard to say no in that situation. You need to, but it's hard to say no. You've got to like walk up to the advantage and then like take like a smoke break. You know, you just like walk off, like smoke a ciggy for like 5 minutes, come back and then reevaluate. You know, like anytime you see cuz you're looking for something, you're like, "Oh, there could be an advantage or an idol." So those are great things in your mind that you're looking for obviously, but you can't do that anymore. They're getting on to you for doing that. So it's like, just use your, use your frontal lobe a little bit more, you know? Uh, and that's, that's tough sometimes, I guess. Um, but anyway, he picks it up. What did you think of the premise of getting a bead off of their bracelets? I thought it was cool. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of the uh, extortion challenge a little bit, except, uh, or the extortion disadvantage Tony got during Winners at War. Um, yeah. And... Uh, Except, like, the beads, like, had no known value to those people at the time. But, like, he he said it well in that most people who play the show, they, they just take all... They, like, collect all these little trinkets so that they can take them home. So I really... I was... I really didn't think he was going to be able to get everybody's beads because, I mean... I would want to keep every every little thing like that. And I'm like, you want to make a dumb hat? Like I don't get like I don't get why Noel gave it to her, gave it to him other than just like the social pressure of like everyone else did and I don't want to look like the like the mean selfish person, so I'll give it to you even though I don't know why your hat with beads is more important than the bracelet that I have. Like I don't understand that at all. So yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a really fun scene though. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of nice because they weren't gonna vote Cody out anyway, A. So it's like they're just gonna go back to camp with them, and if they want their beads back, they can just get them back. You know? Like it's like in their mind, it's like, hey, I'm just gonna make this hat and I want it to go all around tonight for tribal. So they just like we're like, ah, okay. And man, I feel like uh Justine is just watching that tape back and being like, oh my, are you, are you, I lost because of a, a bead? Are you kidding me right now? Um, cause I mean, she didn't know and she was just being nice and, uh, it bit her. Um, I loved, I loved that. I love that because like, and they probably will never be able to do that again, but it was great this one time. Unless they know? do it on each tribe, uh, this season. Yeah. Like I guess they could yeah. they could do it on each of the tribes this season still. Yeah. Um so 
somehow he convinces people to get the beads. Like, at what point... So I was watching this, and I was like, oh, if I'm Jesse, I'm just flipping. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'm just flipping. I'm just going to vote for... I'm just going to vote for NECA. Like, screw it. I'm not even going to push this. But he was, like, pretty gung-ho about getting Justine out the whole time, which I thought was interesting. I think he wanted Justine out, but also, like... I don't know. I kind of think you just think, well, I'll, I'll wait and I'll see if, if Cody falls on his face. He looks bad and loses his vote. And then I vote NECA out. You know, I mean, then I'm in the majority with four on four on one that way. So I think he, he was kind of in a win-win scenario at that point where Cody's thinking, I need to get this vote so that NECA stays. But I think in mm-hmm. in um man, what is his name? Jesse's mind, yeah. In Jesse's mind, he's probably just thinking, whatever, win win. I'd rather uh Justine go home, so if he gets his vote back, I'll vote Justine, but I'm not sweating it either way. He didn't seem too concerned. He was laughing when he found out, you know, like I can't yeah. believe you opened that beware advantage, dude. You should have known better. Yeah, he kept it so calm. And he was like, because Cody was like freaking out. He was like, you know, calling himself curse words that I will not say on the podcast. But uh, he was just like, you know, flipping out. And Jesse was like, well, you're just going to you're just going to get them. You're just going to get those beats. Like, that's what we're going to do. Like right now. Like, what's up? And like, that was really I wonder how long that advantage had been sitting there and how quickly they had to do that, because that's an incredible challenge. Like with Tony, back to the extortion thing with Tony. That was like day up. That was like hours before. And he just had to like move so fast. And this was this was kind of easy. They just like got everybody in a group and just did it. But like Cody was kind of like, I feel like Cody was probably just going to give up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it was to Cody's advantage that he, and he was smart in doing this, is that he went and told Jesse about it and he went and told NECA about it. So that when he brought it up in front of the entire tribe, he already had a couple plants who could go ahead and be like, yeah, sure, you can have my beats. Like, that's cool. Like, and and act yeah. like it was normal. And, like, Cody wasn't even really the person, like, egging it on. Like, of course, Neck is thinking, Cody has to get these, <laughs> these beads or I'm going home. So she's like, come on, just give him Neca- the beads. Like, it's no big deal. And yeah, she was very pushy. And I, uh, I didn't, I didn't catch this when I was watching it, because I was like, he can just give the beads back after tribal or after he gets his vote back or once he gets his advantage or whatever. But I think that the beads are actually are actually the advantage. Um, like he doesn't get handed another thing. I think that having those beads is the advantage. And so, in some sense, like that hat is an advantage now like it's an idol um so yeah that's really interesting because i was like he could just like say i just want to wear it to tribal and then i'll give all all your beads back but he actually couldn't say that yeah i think because i mean so but it's just one bead though you know like he just needs one bead to make a bracelet so like that was the that was the thing it was like he just you they just have to give you the bead Right. For you to get a vote, but the idol is the bracelet with the beads of everyone else's on it. 
So I don't think the hat is an idol. I think it's the bracelet with those specific beads on it. So what I think, he could go back to camp, try to find the single beads from everyone's, take them off, give them back the rest of their beads on their thread, and then have an idol, and everyone gets their beads back, none the smarter. I mean, they're going to be like, what happened to the cool bead that was on mine? <laughs> He's like, oh... Well, like, I took oh, it. Oh man, it fell off in the woods. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's yeah, what just, I'd say. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. It was dark. Just hide the bracelet. Hide the bracelet. It came yeah. off the hat when we were coming back. I don't know, man. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I loved, I loved that so much. Um, you know, it's. It, I love when they put something in plain sight that everyone can see, but has no idea the meaning of. You know, like, uh, do you remember in Survivor China when they just put the idols on like the, like the wooden overhang? Yeah. And it was just like, you, you took it off. It would just say, Hey, this is an idol. <laughs> but, like yeah. no one knew. Um, I love those kind of things. Well, I think if you like those kind of things, you'll like this season. Uh, am, am I allowed to do like, do we want to do any like slightly spoilery info on this podcast for the future of this season. Well, where did you find this information? So I, it has, I cannot like, I don't know how any players are involved with it. It's just an advantage. But like, what is your source? Um, it was on, uh, crap. Uh, Lauren, uh, from Island of the Idols, her podcast she said this is an advantage that's happening. Or it was on her TikTok or something. Yes. I, re- I saw something. What is it again? I will, I will allow this because I think I saw this too. Okay. So I think that the premise is that each, uh, each tribe is going to have basically a birdcage put in their camp. And inside the birdcage is a bag with an idol in it. Uh, but I think that inside the bag there is a real idol and a fake idol. And, but they're not going to be told that there's both of those in there. They're just going to say, there's an idol in this. And the, the key is hidden somewhere in the camp. And you can take it at any point. Um, so it's kind of like, it's like, this is in plain sight. Everyone's going to know if you go and take this. But they're actually not because... There's there's an idol and a fake in there that I don't think they're gonna know about, but that could be really interesting. Interesting because I so when I watched it, I remember now I thought that they were gonna be able to take the real idol and leave the fake one, so it still looked like there was an idol in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like I think that when they when they get the idol, they can like they know they have the real one and that the fake one is still in there. I think. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll know. The person who goes in will know which one is real and which one is fake. But everyone else will think that nobody took anything out of it. Yeah. I don't know how you do that secretively. Right? Like, I feel like if you find the key, you're just kind of like, all right, guys, I'm going to open this and find. I'm going to grab the idol. I'm, because, I mean, you once you know at, that. You do it at night. Like, you do it when people are, uh, you know, at the beach or something like that. But if everyone knows, you're telling me there's not like going to be like a, they're not going to sleep around that thing. Like they're just going to like, 
I don't know. Like that seems, that seems like a, if I'm a if I'm a tribe member, I'm like watching that thing like a hawk. Like when I sleep, I want to know that my alliance member is like around it. You know, like yeah, I don't know. But there's only there's only four. There's only going to be like five, four people in camp by this point. You know. Yeah. Like there's not that many people. It's a huge beach. You gotta go get water. You you have to do these things. You've gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, I guess we all go to the bathroom together. We all swim in feces together. So you're just gonna a, you're gonna Boston rob it. You're gonna be like yeah. buddy system. Yeah, that's like genius system, and it worked for him. He won. You know. Um. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you? I, I, that's just my my logic. I wouldn't even look for the key. Like I, at, at my point, at this point with survivor advantages, if I come across a beware advantage, if I have any time, I'm not looking for anything. Like if I know I'm going to go home, I'll just play my shot in the dark and call it a day, you know? Cause I feel like that's just, that is attention that you do not want. Like if you get caught doing that, you're screwed, right? Maybe yeah. not today, but sometime. So like, I just like, that makes no sense for me. Like Gabler, there is no way Gabler's going to win this game. Period at all. No way. Right? Why? Uh, Why is Gabler not going to win? For many reasons, but the first one being that he risked it and everyone knows he has an idol because he's a topic of conversation when he otherwise wouldn't be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Like I don't think Gabler's going to win, but the, it's so hard to for us fans to really rule anybody out with the way that uh, the last, like, two winners have been edited. Like, hey, it's anybody's game. Like, we don't – I really think Survivor has done a good job of keeping us on our toes recently. So, who knows? And I really – uh, brief thought on the last two winners' edits. I don't think that their edits have been that crazy. I think that the episodes that we've seen for the last two seasons have been the ones that would drive home the most drama, and Marianne and Erica just straight up weren't drama for the first half of the season. Right? Like, they just weren't in it. Right, but, like, they weren't... I didn't really feel like they were going out of their way to put Marianne or Erica in the episodes, even when they weren't involved in drama. Which, like, like a lot of times, like, they're going out of their way to put these players... Get these players' takes on things, get these players' uh, screen time, even when they're not main main players in that specific episode, that specific situation. I mean, like on The Bachelor, like you can kind of tell who's going far because it's like who has nothing to do with what's happening right now that's still getting a like confessional interview. Like you can kind of tell like who they're trying to like pass the ball to even when they're it's not about them. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, we got a couple uh real life testimonial moments this week. One was for uh, Cody, and the other one was for Geo. I think that spells bad news for Geo, personally. Like, man, he's buddying up with Ryan and Carla seeing it. I don't know, Geo. I think, I think, I think Geo's going to go home soon. I really do. 
Cody, I don't know, man. That's weird that they would like divulge into his like personal life right now. You know, I guess this was a big Cody episode, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a big Cody episode, and I thought it it kind of connected because, um, like Noel does not like she is a like uh para- paraplegic, and mm-hmm. his friend lost his leg for before he passed and so those things kind of that's kind of the connection that they made um and so it kind of, it, i think they're trying to illustrate how cody's able to connect with different people in his tribe because he has different life experiences and you know he likes to have a good time and blah 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 yeah yeah yeah, so I guess that made sense. Geo made no sense. I mean, Geo like that. I guess we saw him and Ryan's relationship, but I mean, we already knew that. That was weird. Um, yeah, uh, we go to Tribal, right? To circle it back to Red Tribe, we go to Tribal, and there are five votes cast, and Justine and Noel and Dwight still thought it'd be a good idea to split votes. So really, this whole thing. With with not having a vote, if they just went to tribal and Jesse voted for Justine and NECA voted for Justine, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Why? That blows. You watched season 41 and season 42 and you were like, I think that this person is going to have an idol. Are you insane? Are you okay? Well, no, I, like, I think they, they were they were thinking that maybe that Neko was gonna maybe play her shot in the dark. But the math just does not add up with that. Right? Like you have over say Neka plays a shot in the dark, there is a one in six chance that she's gonna be safe. But there's over an eighty percent chance that she's not gonna be safe and she's not gonna vote. Right? So it's like at that point, just take the odds. Right. If somebody if somebody says, hey, hey, Joel, okay, here's a pot in the middle of the poker table. You can put in like uh, three chips to get eight, three chips to get four, three. You can put in three chips to get four and you have a five and six chance of making that happen. I Yeah. You put that in every time. You don't stop. Like, that's stupid. I know you're scared, but. Being scared could also lose you the game, you know? Like, I'm just so sick of people thinking they're being smart and splitting their votes, and they're just being dumb, like, the whole time, you know? Yeah, I mean, throwing a vote when there's there's only max six people voting is not not ideal. That's not a position you want to be in. I I can understand why Justine would do it if she thinks... She's the person getting the other votes, but I mean, no, it, 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 it wasn't a smart move, but I can understand why she would do it. I mean, you know, I, I, it wasn't a smart move, but like that has saved people so many times that we've seen over the last like 10 seasons of Survivor where somebody threw a vote just because they had a sneaking suspicion somebody had an idol or somebody was going to be safe. And uh, they ended up 
getting a getting a tie and then save getting saved and on the on the revote. So I mean, did it work out for her? No. Would she have looked really stupid if Cody didn't have a vote and she still went home because she did that? Yes. But you know, like what are you going to do? She's she's just trying to stay in the game. Like I get it. I understand the logic of it, but I think the logic is bad and your math is bad. So that's just my opinion. And in today's survivor, maybe in like season 30. Yeah. That logic may, may make sense. But right now to me, that logic makes no sense. Um, yeah. Anything else on this, on this episode that that we did not touch that you want to get to? Um, not particularly. Uh, I, I I would like for a lot more episodes to be an hour and a half. I thought we got to see... I mean, I've been saying... I feel like I've been saying... I've said this a lot on the podcast. Just that Survivor needs to be longer episodes. Because we... It's good when they don't have to throw out strategy. And they don't have to throw out social stuff. The Both of those things should be allowed to exist in Survivor... Those are both really important things for how people enjoy the show. Uh, and they're, they're just, that's a, that's a really important 30 minutes you can use for storytelling. Like you're trying to build characters that people love and that extra 30 minutes goes a long way uh, over the course of a season to like getting to see, like, yeah, like Geo getting, getting some shine tonight. That is something that just wouldn't have been in this episode um, if it was an hour long. And it wasn't, like, madly interesting, but it's it's good to, like, hear some of his story. Um, and so I, I, I would love for more episodes to be an hour and a half. Two hours is a little bit long, I think, maybe, but I think an hour and a half is kind of a sweet spot. As somebody who also watches The Bachelor and Bachelorette, like, two hours can be, like... If it's a if it's not a like really exciting episode, it can really drag. But an hour and a half is yeah. good. Let me ask you this, okay? So I I sped watched it, right? I I I came home late from work at Best Buy, and uh, I sped watched it, and I skipped most of the first scenes where they're like, "Oh, I'm so wet. It's so hard. Like I've watched this so many times." And because like, do you? If that if that aspect of survival not that aspect but if that like clips if those clips were like gone would you notice and would you care? I mean, I wouldn't notice because I wouldn't have known that that it happened. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have known it. It rained a lot, or Gabler wasn't feeling good. Right, like for me now in watching Survivor, it's like yeah, I understand that they're cold and wet, that their brains aren't functioning. They hate their lives right now. Like, I totally get that. I'm with that. You know, I've, I've been here for a while. This is my first rodeo. I understand the toll that it has on the human body. But, like, I don't need to watch Gabler say, like, I'm old. I can't let other people see me be old, especially now that I'm raining and wet and it's awful and I'm sad. And it's like, yeah, I under- that's all understood. That's implied for me. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I mean, I, you know? I think they're trying to show the the harsh effects of this game and, and what the harm it can still do to somebody 
even though it's only 26 days now. I think they've 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 kind of gone back to like trying to make things hard like we're taking your flint if you lose mm-hmm. um and stuff like that. And so you know, I think that they probably they probably feel they're probably overcompensating in some senses um because it, I think people started to think that survivor was not was just not hard uh like in the right. in the in the 30s like people start started to think in the late 30s that like it was kind of a walk in the park um and then when it went to 26 days those people probably started thinking oh so now they're overcompensating back like no rice you know no we're taking your flint yeah it rained on these guys like it's hard out here uh jeff yeah. jeff was going on some rant during the challenge tonight about uh you don't sleep until you're back home blah 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 this is survivor and it was like no they they sleep out here jeff like take a chill like tony didn't sleep but not everybody's like that obviously yeah so let me ask you this then so 39 island of the idols one of the worst seasons of survivor ever um across the board by critics reviews um is survivor back is like good normal survivor back and better than it was in 39 are we hitting where where are we hitting on the survivor all time a sphere i mean i don't know that survivor ever ever really went away i mean so yeah 39 was bad but 40 was a really great season like well, of course, like, they, you know, the, the, all the people that we cared about were back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Thirty-seven was probably the most beloved uh, new new players only season since like I don't even know, like in all of the thirties at least, yeah, like Kageyan maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's up there with Kageyan. Like, I like, and so that was those. Both of those seasons happen in in two years. I don't yep. really know that Survivor. If if Survivor had ended, uh, if if COVID had hit before they filmed season forty, that would have been bad. They might have canceled it. Um, yeah. After with the last two seasons being thirty eight and thirty nine, and having to postpone season forty, but I mean, do the the characters are as good as they've ever been. Uh, 41 was really exciting. 42 was really good. I preferred 41. I know there's a lot of people that preferred it the other way, but I preferred 41. I I thought that was good. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's new survivor. I think like, I think those of us who love survivor and experience the pandemic and having to go like a year and a half without any new survivor episodes, I think we're just thrilled to be watching Survivor, like a new episode, new cast. It's all very exciting still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I I agree. I agree. It's been very good. And it feels like the new normal is good and we're we're on the right track. Um, You have anything else before we wrap up this podcast, Michael? Nah, man. I don't. We uh, just got back from Chattanooga today, so... Trying to get back into the flow of things tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah, man. Well, cool. 
Um, so for Michael Klinger, I'm Joel Klinger. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a blast and we hope to see you or you can hear us next week on episode three of, Sur- of Survivor season 43. This has been the Klingers have spoken. See ya.